0: You hardheads, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good whatever it is, wherever you are in this wonderful world of ours. Welcome to the Hard Headed Sports Podcast, episode number 42.5, hosted by me, Nick Ryan, and that point five means that this is a special edition of the Hard Headed Sports Podcast. It is a special quote-unquote bonus episode if you will, and it is dedicated completely to the Aaron Rodgers slash Green Bay Packers drama that has kind of ballooned out of nowhere over the past week, week and a half. And I thought about shoehorning this in with last the last episode of the podcast. I thought about, you know, Putting it in because I haven't released that episode on Spotify yet. By this point, it will be up, but I haven't released it quite yet. I thought about shoehorning everything in, and I thought that it would be better to just kind of separate it and make it an own individual, shorter episode of the podcast because I didn't want it to be lost in translation. I didn't want it to be lost in a much larger episode of the podcast, in which we're already talking about a bunch of draft stuff. But I did want to get all of my Aaron Rodgers talk out of the way, and I am going to get all of my Aaron Rodgers talk out of the way today. Today is Aaron Rodgers Day, a national holiday. Just kidding, not really. It's, a, it's Aaron Rodgers Day. This is a special short episode of the podcast because I do have a lot to say about the topic. And this Aaron Rodgers drama... Is one of the most interesting yet weird stories I think I've ever come across in my years as a sports writer. Granted, that's not very many. I've only been working as a sports writer for about six or seven years, but still, uh, I thought about shoving this in the podcast. As I said, I didn't think it would fit. I think it deserved its own episode, and I have a lot of notes. I got like seven pages of notes here uh, on this entire topic, and I have a lot to say, and I think I have a lot to add to it. And I don't want this to be. Um, I don't want to keep talking about Aaron Rodgers for, like, the next month or so. I don't want to be like Brett Favre. <laughs> I don't want to be like Brett Favre to where whenever there's a little sliver of Aaron Rodgers news, somebody rubs my magic genie lamp and I sprout out after being uh, in hibernation for years and years and years and have to comment on Aaron Rodgers. I don't want to do that, uh, and I don't want to milk this topic. I want to make sure that I get everything out of the way. And I think people are going to get bored of this topic eventually as well. So I want to make sure that I get my say in and uh, get my get my piece in. And um, <laughs> to catch you up to speed, let's just go and get, and get into it. To catch you up to speed, a story was released by ESPN's Adam Schefter in which he said that Rogers does not like Green Bay anymore he is unhappy in Green Bay and he wants out of the Green Bay Packers he didn't necessarily say that Rodgers wants to be traded but that was insinuated instead the language said that Rodgers was unhappy and that he wants out of Green Bay and this story was released on draft day and essentially put a huge cloud over what was otherwise a pretty solid draft for the Green Bay Packers to be you know totally honest Uh, I like the pieces that they got in the draft And then as the days progressed, there were more bits and pieces and rumors that came out involving the story, one of them being that Rodgers wants Packers general manager Brian Gutekunst fired, and that he considers him to be the quote-unquote Jerry Krause of the NFL. If you don't know who Jerry Krause is, Jerry Krause was the manager of the Bulls when Michael Jordan was playing in Chicago, so that should give you a kind of uh, a representation of how Rodgers views this situation between him and the Packers. And Rodgers more or less confirmed that there was, in fact, a rift between him and the front office in an interview that he did at the Kentucky Derby, so Schefter's information was more or less correct, but as we're going to talk about in a little bit, it still doesn't justify the fact that he dropped the news on draft day, and that is the interesting twist. There is an extremely interesting twist in the fact that Adam Schefter decided that he was going to drop this on draft day. And he also said, when he went on the Dan Patrick show, he also said that there was no sources on the story, that this was a compiling and an accumulation of stories and rumblings that he had heard across the league pretty much ever since the NFC Championship game. And even though Schefter's information appears to be correct, his decision to do this on draft day and without a credible source is interesting. It's really interesting to me, and it makes it so weird and... I, I kind of want to explain why, and I think where I want to start with this is, is actually a story, a personal story. I, I've i been covering Florida State sports for six or seven years now, and if you're knowledgeable about college football, you'll end up remembering this, but after Willie Tyrant was fired at Florida State, it was in the middle of the 2019 season, they had just lost to Miami, Florida State was looking for a new head coach at the end of the season, and One of the local TV station sports uh, reporters, I'm not going to say her name, we'll just call her Mary. Mary had a source that said that Bob Stoops was in Tallahassee and at Florida State University. If you don't know who Bob Stoops is, he was a very famous coach at Oklahoma. He's the current athletic director at Nebraska. He was in Tallahassee at the time and he was visiting Florida State and nobody knew why. And it was reported and she got sources that said Bob Stoops was going to be the next head coach of the Florida State Seminoles. And every single news source, every single you know, news affiliate got the same information from their own individual sources. Bob Stoops is in Tallahassee. He could be going after the Florida State head coaching job. And obviously, the head coach turned out to be Mike Norville from Clemson. And all of our sources ended up being incorrect. And I want to make the distinction that there is absolutely a difference between your sources being incorrect and giving you incorrect information and having no sources whatsoever and putting forward the information yourself. There's a lot of credibility that is involved and is on the line here for Adam Schefter. Sources are extremely, extremely important. And there is a huge difference between, as I said... If our sources were wrong, they gave us the wrong information, here's the right information, and there are, no, there are no sources. This is all in my investigation. This is my story. There is a lot of credibility lost there. There's a lot that's on the line for Schefter, and even though it appears his information ended up being correct, as I said, or somewhat correct, it's very interesting that he decided to do this and go ahead and post it without any credible information, apart from what he's heard through the grapevine. Because Schefter... Decided to release this story on draft day. It did a number of things that kind of shaped the narrative of the story. And this is why a lot of athletes don't like the media. This is why they don't like talking to press. This is why the media and players normally don't get along. Because Adam Schefter decided to drop this story on draft day. The narrative around the story was immediately that Aaron Rodgers is out for the blood of the Green Bay Packers. This is a revenge story. He did this methodically. He did this maliciously. He is out for revenge. He did this on purpose on the draft day, the same day that the Green Bay Packers drafted Jordan Love one year ago. The perception is that it's Rodgers who is leaking the information and he's out for revenge and he is being extremely petty. That is the narrative. or rather was a narrative that was the narrative around this entire story because Adam Schefter decided to leak the story on draft day. And that narrative is what took control of everything. So it begs the question, who is the one leaking the information? If it's not Rogers, because obviously now we know that there was no important source. It wasn't anybody from Rogers camp. It wasn't anybody from the Packers camp. So that would leave Rogers' family, friends, and former teammates. And Rogers is very publicly not a fan of his family. He dislikes his family very much, and I don't think he's in contact with them very much. So I don't think it's one of those situations, kind of like Kawhi Leonard's uncle, where, you know, Kawhi Leonard has that uncle that's commenting on Kawhi's behalf, and that uncle is kind of like a strange... It's not one of those situations. But it begs the question, who is leaking this information if it's not Rogers and it's not the Packers? So, Schefter effectively said on the Dan Patrick show that he didn't feel like it mattered when the story came out. And frankly, I absolutely disagree with that. It absolutely matters. The draft is the happiest day of the year for every single NFL franchise, right? It's the one day a year where every single NFL team is positive and happy about their current situation. It's the one day a year where you get a player that you feel can turn around your franchise more or less. And if you're you know, drafting in the last five selections in the round, that's kind of just a cherry on top for the season that you had. If you're drafting number 32, obviously you won the Super Bowl, and you just get a, an additional gift. You know, This year, the additional gift for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was a great defensive end out of Miami. So according to Schefter, he felt like it didn't matter what day the story dropped. So Schefter dropped a bomb and now the Packers, instead of having another two to three months to try and fix the relationship between Rovers privately, have one month to fix it publicly with about 28 other NFL teams breathing down their neck and having them on their speed dial and calling repeatedly about Aaron Rodgers. The timing absolutely matters and now the Packers have been forced to try and make amends with Rodgers in front of the entire viewing public instead of trying to handle it privately while also trying to make preparations for the fact that Rodgers might leave and might decide to leave anyways and they are going to be forced to try and find some replacements for Rodgers while Jordan Love gets kind of pushed headfirst off the cliff into the spotlight so I don't care what Adam Schefter says I don't care about the feelings that he have when it came to okay it doesn't matter when I'm going to drop the story the timing of the story absolutely matters in this instance, because again, as we already said, the narrative initially was that it was Rogers that leaked the story, that he was being a petty and manipulative and very grudge-holding kind of bastard. That was the perception around Rogers. Now, and obviously, if you already don't like Rogers, that's the take that you're going to take anyways. So that the, the narrative of the story was incorrect from the very beginning, and now you have Schefter saying, well, I didn't really have any sources on the situation that calls into question the credibility of the story in its entirety and that also calls into credibility it calls into question rather how much of the story is actually true and if it's actually that serious so you know in my in my 6 or 7 years of being a sports writer i don't think i've ever seen a developing story quite like this in which the media has completely jumped ahead of the sports teams and created a story in which the narrative is pushed out by one person and there isn't an inside leak who is feeding that person information. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. if I don't think Adam Schefter necessarily loses credibility over this because in the end he was right. His information, his hunch was correct, but there's a lot that having a source can do for you. And Most of that has to do with your credibility and your trustworthiness as a reporter. And again, this is why players don't like the media. (laughs) I mean, there's a difference between fishing for a story. Because, like, look, we all fish for stories. We are always digging for a story, you know? But there's a difference between digging for a story and finding something. And, and, you know, the alternative being, okay, I've heard a bunch of things about Aaron Rodgers since the NFC Championship. I'm just going to go ahead and write this story and... There's a 50-50 on if I'm actually right or not. So this has been such a weird and interesting story from Adam Schefter and how it's impacted Rodgers, how it's impacted the Green Bay Packers. And, you know, it kind of begs the question, you know, how much truth is there in all of this? D- do I think Rodgers is unhappy? Absolutely. I think there is there is truth in that. Uh, even if it is kind of petty on Aaron Rodgers' part, I do think there's a lot of truth in it. Because look... I've been kind of thinking of how I want to explain this. And I think of it just like in a workplace scenario. I'm going to give you a workplace analogy here. So say that you're at a company, a pretty successful company for a long time. Essentially this, this company is the NFL, right? And everybody has their own department. There's 32 departments. In this company, and you're one of the most successful employees in the company coming out of your own department, and your department overall is pretty successful. This department being the Green Bay Packers, right? So, if you're going to be at your company for however long Aaron Rodgers has been there so, what 15 years, 16 years if you're going to be at that company, right, and you see other people from other departments getting Better equipment, getting promotions, and eventually, you see people from other departments either switching departments and getting more and more benefits, and end end up you getting that that the other person from the other department gets a raise. And obviously, the raise in the situation would be a Super Bowl. You see other people jumping ahead of you, getting a raise, and you're and you're taking a look at your own department, like, what's going on over here. Why? Why are all these other people getting raises when I'm putting in just as much work and I'm, you know, putting in just as much effort as everybody else? And we have a good department, but why is everybody else? Basically, the the sentiment that I'm going for is why everybody else and not me. So when you take a look at Aaron Rodgers' situation, once he took it over from Brett Favre in you know the late twenty uh, the late two thousands, won a Super Bowl in 2011. That was great. The Packers have been knocking on the door of a Lombardi trophy pretty much every single year. Obviously, there are some outliers in the situation. They've been knocking on the door of a Super Bowl pretty much every single year since Rodgers has been in the quarterback and he only has one Super Bowl trophy. Do you not think that that gets to Aaron Rodgers at some point saying, look, we have had teams on the precipice of being on a championship and for one reason or the other, whether that's because of general manager incompetence, whether that's just because of bad coaching or bad players, for some reason or the other aaron Rodgers has not found himself with more than one super bowl trophy and again if you're in that department and you're taking a look at players and for our or, uh, players from other departments getting better equipment and getting raises you're saying well why not me why not me and i imagine that after the nfc championship game last year and with the drafting of jordan love last year Everything has compiled and stewed for long enough that Aaron Rodgers, even though it's petty, it's stewed long enough for Aaron Rodgers to say, okay, what the heck is going on? Why am I not getting the raise? I'm working just as hard as everybody else. I am one of the best employees in this company. Where's my raise? Where's my Super Bowl? So I can imagine that there is some truth involved in this entire Schefter story. There is some truth in the fact that Aaron Rodgers is feeling disrespected or he feels like he hasn't been helped out enough. There's definitely some truth in that, and there wouldn't be a story unless there is some truth in that. I do want to kind of clarify that, but on the other hand, you know, I don't think you know, Brian Goodkuntz has done that bad of a job in Green Bay. In fact, the teams that he's built over the past two or three seasons have been really, really good. Now, having Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback absolutely helps. But the team building has been pretty good by Goodkunst. And granted, you know, he had a couple of bad seasons here or there in the middle 2010s. And part of that, I feel like, is the fact that, you know, Mike McCarthy as a head football coach was kind of falling out of the trend. He was kind of falling behind in terms of, you know, analytics and how to coach properly. And eventually, you know, there's an old saying in football, and that's eventually you start playing like who your head coach is. And the Packers, for a little bit of a while, were kind of playing like a lethargic, very quiet and... I don't want to say sensitive, but a, a very a very reserved man. Eventually, you start playing like your head coach. The Packers started playing like their head coach. They got a new young coach Matt LaFleur. Everything's fixed. Everything is fantastic. But I think that, you know, I, I think Gutkunst has done a better job than I think most people give him credit for. And even if you want to take it this year's draft, everybody's like, oh, they need a wide receiver. I was one of the ones who said, yeah, they'll probably take a wide receiver in the first round, if not for the sake of actually needing a wide receiver, but having it be a makeup draft selection for last year when they drafted Jordan Love instead of drafting, you know, Aaron Rodgers, some help. They drafted Eric Stokes, quarterback, uh, excuse me, cornerback out of Georgia. And they needed a cornerback, and he's a lightning-fast runner. He's great in coverage. And I'm going to ask Packer, Packers fans here: Did you really want Kevin King to play on the field again? You needed a cornerback, and they got a cornerback. They also got two offensive linemen in the next three rounds, and they got a good wide receiver in a good spot out of Clemson in Amari's Rogers. Gurkuz has been doing, you know, for what it's worth, really pretty good. His only mistake was drafting Jordan Love last year without giving Aaron a heads-up. And is that um, incorrect? Yeah, he shouldn't have done that. Should he give Aaron Rodgers a head-up? Yeah, absolutely. But everybody makes mistakes, and I don't think... That's why I don't think that Aaron Rodgers necessarily wants Gutekut's gone, because this is one really bad mistake, and... It's not like Goodkins has done a horrible job of putting a good team in front of Aaron Rodgers to work with. There certainly have been much, much worse situations in the NFL for really good quarterbacks. Think about what Tom Brady was going through in New England. If you want to compare apples to oranges here, the team that Tom Brady had his last season in New England was nothing like Aaron Rodgers' team had that Aaron Rodgers had last season with his Green Bay Packers team. I think that most people's choice or most people choose to attack the fact that the Packers haven't really given Rodgers weapons when they talk about, oh, Rodgers has a right to be upset. He has a right to want good gone. They, they choose to attack the lack of help for Aaron Rodgers as the one thing that they can point to when trying to validate that argument. And I think when most of them talk about that, they're talking about giving Rodgers first round wide receiver talent, like as good as Devontae Adams is, right? I feel like most casual fans want to see Rodgers get somebody like a Julio Jones or a Justin Jefferson or a DK Metcalf, because that's what we want to see, right? As football fans, Rodgers throwing to some mutant athlete out of whatever university you get him from and seeing Rodgers put up some crazy numbers and fantastic offense and great throws and, and, you know, throwing the football is so much fun, like that's what we want to see as football fans and I think that's what that's the energy that people are going towards when they're saying oh well Aaron Rodgers doesn't have any weapons you're right he doesn't have you know a big name like Julio Jones to throw to he doesn't have a mutant weapon like that he doesn't have a few a a first round wide receiver to throw to but he does have good receivers and I I, it kind of irritates me that people kind of look over the receivers that Rodgers has uh you know the reality is is that You know, you can't always draft a generational wide receiver at talent. You know, you can't always draft a generation wide receiver. There are plenty of them available. I think wide receiver is one of the easiest positions to find them at. But the need for wide receiver often kind of doesn't get emphasized over the other 21 positions on the football field right there are 20 to 22 positions on the football field it's not always going to be practical to get that mutant wide receiver that people have been asking for for Aaron Rodgers and it's not like the Packers have bad weapons as I was saying you know Alan Lazard Valdez Scantling they're good receivers they just aren't big names and I think that's where people get off the train or get on the train rather when they say Aaron Rodgers doesn't have anybody to throw to, he does. He has good receivers. And they're just not the big names that you'll recognize. And, you know, I will admit, the help for Aaron Rodgers hasn't always been consistent, but it's not like it hasn't been there at all. And if Aaron Rodgers is going to leave over all of this and choose to ignore the good situation that he has around him currently at Green Bay, then I think that says a lot about Aaron's character. And I'm sure those of you who don't like Rodgers, you're going to be all over that. At this point, you either like Aaron Rodgers or you completely hate him. I'm sure everybody else in the NFC North division is licking their chops. Oops, excuse me. Is Everybody's, you know, licking their chops and saying, mm, yes, please. Aaron Rodgers please get the hell out of our division um so that I guess that begs the question you know where would Aaron Rodgers go next season what is the best place for Aaron Rodgers to go this season and truthfully I'm not sure if he's staying in Green Bay or if he's leaving this season if you held a gun to my head right now I would say it's a 40-60 chance that he uh, stays as opposed to leaves I think it's a fixable situation but if he does decide to leave if he does decide to leave Aaron Rodgers to Denver, I think, is the best play, and it's what makes most sense, and rarely do I ever kind of go with the media narrative when it comes to these types of things. Um, I I had some guy in the comments section accusing me of just being a brain-dead media monkey that, you know, just follows whatever... (laughs) <laughs> whatever the media says normally I go against the media on this type of things because I think they think too much about the big picture but when people talk about Denver being the best place for Aaron Rodgers I actually tend to agree and part of it is me being a little bit selfish because if you can imagine Patrick Mahomes versus Aaron Rodgers twice a year for every year until Aaron Rodgers retires that's money TV right there That if you're a football fan and if you're the NFL you should hope you should absolutely hope that Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver so you get Mahomes versus Rogers twice a year and you know from a more pure uh, football perspective Denver has a really great football team they've got a strong defense that got much much better this offseason with the addition of Kyle Fuller and they've got good weapons on offense as well they got Jerry Judy entering their second season you've got a potential Pro Bowl tight end in Noah Fant. you've got uh, Sutton there as well and (laughs) I don't know what it is about Denver being the retirement home for disgruntled Hall of Fame quarterbacks, but, I mean, if you get Peyton Manning and Aaron Rodgers in an eight-year span, then sheesh, that is some pretty good work (laughs) by the general manager's Of the Denver Broncos, obviously George Patton hasn't been there for too long, but uh, I don't know what it is about Denver that just makes you know disgruntled Hall of Fame quarterbacks extremely happy, but in this particular situation, I do think that Denver is the best place for Aaron Rodgers if he does decide to leave. I don't buy into the 49ers, I think they're set and they're happy with their future with Trey Lance. You you would only get you know Rodgers for maybe four or five seasons anyway. With Lance, you get much more into the future. As good as Rodgers is, I don't think that the 49ers are a good trade candidate. And I don't think the Raiders are either. The Raiders have drafted so horribly over the past three or four years. I don't like the vision that the Raiders have with Gruden and Mayock. I don't understand it. I don't think that Aaron Rodgers would be entertained by the idea of going to Las Vegas. Even though that was a name on the potential list. I just don't see it to the Raiders. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't think they're productive. I don't think they're drafted well. For me, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, it would be an unattractive place to land, but we'll see. So, you know, I think that Denver would be the best place for Aaron Rodgers if he does decide to leave. And kind of just a wrapping up thought here. You know, if there was ever a time for Green Bay to let Aaron Rodgers go... This isn't a bad time to let him go, uh, if there ever was a time to. The Lions are rebuilding. Sure, they got a quarterback in Jared Goff. I think Jared Goff is worse than Matthew Stafford is. So depending on how much you value Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford, you can debate on whether or not that's an upgrade. Who knows what a change in scenery will do for Jared Goff. I will throw that out there. So the Lions are rebuilding. They've got a new quarterback. They've got a new coaching staff. Lions are probably not going to be very good for a couple seasons, although they do have my interest. The Bears are going to be grooming a quarterback for the next few seasons, who, unless Fields is great immediately, the Bears are probably going to thrive off their defense for at least two more seasons. They'll be good, but they're not going to be a threat necessarily. And then you have Minnesota, and I think Minnesota is probably going to be the biggest threat in your division for a little while. Uh, Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, and if that defense in Minnesota can get right, that's going to be a playoff team next year. So they're the biggest threat. And you know, it's not like you're releasing him when all, when the Bears are really really good. It's not like you're releasing him in 2018 where Mitchell Trubisky and the Bears went 12 and 4 and the Vikings had a really good season. You know, it, this isn't the worst time to let Aaron Rodgers go. It's kind of what I'm getting at. I don't think there's ever a good time you want to release a Hall of Fame quarterback, but in terms of you know, a timing to let him go. It's not the best timing, but it's certainly not the worst timing. I would be okay in terms of where I stand without Aaron Rodgers in comparison to the other, you know, three teams in the division, because two of them have rookie quarterbacks or, or quarterbacks with a new team, I should say. And the other has Kirk Cousins, which Kirk Cousins can only get you so far. And he's extremely overpaid. And I think they, I think the Vikings just drafted his replacement. So with that all being said, you know at the end of the day, I think it all comes down to whether or not Jordan Love is ready to play or not, and quite frankly, I don't think he is, but I don't think that's going to matter much, especially if Aaron Rodgers decides to leave, and like I said at the very beginning of this entire episode of the podcast, this is the most interesting and weird situation or any amount of drama that I've seen in a very long time, at least as long as I've been a sports reporter. It's incredibly weird how the media and Schefter, basically one man, almost you know shaped uh, shaped the narrative by himself. It calls into question the credibility of what's going on. Although it does appear like his information is correct, it calls into question how much of it is credible, how much of it is accurate, how much of how how serious it is. I should say, sources mean a lot and it's going to be interesting to see if this is fixable. If it's not fixable, I would love to see Aaron Rodgers in Denver. I'm with the rest of the sports world on that one. I think Mahomes versus Rodgers for two two times a year, every year until Rodgers retires, is just so much fun. So much fun to watch. And... Hmm. I mean, I mean, I think I've wrapped up everything. I mean, that's a lot to talk about. I've been talking about Aaron Rodgers from damn near, damn near 30 minutes now, so <laughs> I'm going to wrap us all up, cut it up, and put it up as soon as possible. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I had a fun time. Uh, I basically ranted and let everything go and let everything out. I hope that you enjoyed listening to it, and I hope that you enjoyed listening to subsequent episodes of the podcast as well if you are new to the channel or new to the show. Thank you so much for watching. This has been the hard-headed sports podcast hosted by me, Nick Ryan. This has been episode 42.5, the bonus Aaron Rodgers dedicated episode. So with that being said, stay hard-headed, everybody, but have a nice day.